reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. This year, our Christmas was fairly low-key, my nephew and his wife drove up from Texas with their two children, Elise and Luke. Like many of you, we didn't all get together. But we were all gifted with a framed photo of the children. At 20 months, the youngest, Luke, is beginning to develop his own personality. We've all been looking at his face, trying to figure out who in the family he most resembles. When I arrived on Christmas Day, Luke was taking a nap. When he got up, he was a bit surprised to see there was a new face in the room. For quite some time, he couldn't take his eyes off me. He kept staring at me from across the room, looking at my face, trying to figure out who I was. We're used to the imagery of God communicating by word, in the Gospel of Christmas Day, the Word became flesh and lived among us. We respond to God's Word with listening and obedience. But much of the religion of ancient Israel was a priestly religion of presence. One of the central images of God's communication in the Scriptures is that of the shining face. On New Year's Day we read from the priestly blessing in Numbers May he make his face to shine upon you. 
And today the prophet Isaiah declares, Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. When you walk by God's shining radiance, then you shall be radiant at what you see. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. The meaning of this glorious feast, Epiphany, literally means to shine upon. The Magi, long known as kings since they were fulfilling Psalm 72, had been looking at a star, the very star of David that had been prophesied by another foreign magus, Balaam, in the book of Numbers. This radiance had led them from the east to the land of Judah. The announcement to King Herod and all Jerusalem of the proximity of the radiance produces a reaction of fear. When the kings arrive at the place where the child is, the star stops, and they were filled with exceeding joy. Thus the radiance has its double effect. Fear and darkness come upon those who oppose it, and blessing on those who seek his face. At the center of this feast is a mystery of looking. Who looks at who? Matthew's narrative, with its picturesque details, encourages our eyes. He trains our gaze by means of the strangeness of the kings, the determination and persistence of their journey, their exotic dress, their laden beasts, and their rich and symbolic gifts. What might this one be who is the desire of the nations? We are taught by the desire of the Magi to value the one whom they adore. He acquires worth and splendor through their eyes. These, however, are not the only eyes which are looking. For the Magi have come into the presence of the face which is the radiance of the Lord. And the face, that of an infant, looks also when it is not too tired and when the face is not screwed up with tears. In truth, it is learning how to look. The radiance is in the face which is learning to receive the adult cues, which will enable it to recognize and remember. Who could have ever imagined that, may he make his face to shine upon you, would one day be realized in an infant struggling with focus? Our paintings capture a moment, so the face of the baby is backed up by an aura, a halo. But will the Magi have seen a halo? Will anyone have noticed anything slightly shining about their faces, upon which the radiance has shone? Thomas Merton believes that this radiance is within each of us. He writes... At the center of our being is a point of nothingness, which is untouched by sin and by illusion, a point of pure truth, a point or spark which belongs entirely to God. This little point of nothingness and of absolute poverty is the pure glory of God in us. It is like a pure diamond blazing with the invisible light of heaven.
The late Irish poet and mystic, John O'Donohue, shines a light to guide us on the way. For light. Light cannot see inside things. That is what the dark is for. Minding the interior, nurturing the draw of growth through places where death in its own way turns into life. In the glare of neon times, let our eyes not be worn by surfaces that shine with hunger made attractive. That our thoughts may be true light, finding their way into words which have the weight of shadow to hold the layers of truth. That we never place our trust in minds claimed by empty light, where one-sided certainties are driven by false desire. When we look into the heart, may our eyes have the kindness and reverence of candlelight. That the searching of our minds be equal to the oblique crevices and corners where the mystery continues to dwell, glimmering in fugitive light. When we are confined inside the dark house of suffering, that moonlight might find a window. When we become false and lost, that the severe noonlight would cast our shadow clear. When we love, that dawn light would lighten our feet upon the waters. As we grow old, that twilight would illuminate treasure in the fields of memory. And when we come to search for God, let us first be robed in night, put on the mind of the morning to feel the rush of light spread slowly inside the color and stillness of a found world.